Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. How to tell if your food has gone bad, plus studying the insides of our stomachs. This week we're going to be focusing on both food, making sure food is safe to eat and doesn't make you sick, using smarter and innovative sensors, plus ways to use smarter and innovative sensors to actually find out what's happening inside our stomachs and digestive system in ways that we could never see before. All this week and more, we talk about food and stomachs. Now you've all probably faced this dilemma. Maybe you're about to start cooking, or maybe you're hungry, feeling a bit peckish, and you picked up the packet of your favourite snack in the pantry or the fridge, only to discover that the date on that package is yesterday, or worse, weeks and months ago. What do you do? Well, if it says best before or use by, you'll be pretty tempted to dispose of that pretty quickly. Now, you may not be sure if it is a best before or a use by. Maybe they just give you a number. And in that case, to err on the side of caution, you probably would throw that food out. And this is the case with most food. A large amount of food waste just generally comes from people being cautious in both the date and also their approach to interpreting those dates. Now, some people, of course, throw caution to the wind and drink milk that is clearly off and they have their own separate problems. But... The idea of keeping food safe and knowing that food is okay to consume is incredibly important. That's why we have departments and food safety regulations to keep people safe, to make sure they know what they're eating and then what they're eating is safe to consume. This gets further complicated when you have an outbreak of something like E. coli. You may recall outbreaks in maybe things like melons or lettuce or other types of vegetables. And sometimes these can spread, so they will do a mass recall on a batch of food maybe a batch of milk with listeria in it, or a recall of fruit that had been potentially contaminated with E. coli. So then, everyone gets really suspicious of these particular fruits, even though that particular batch might actually be fine. It just gets caught up in the widespread recall. Because in public health safety, the actual safest thing to do is just to say, don't eat it, even if you're the little bit suspicious. Now, of course, listeria and E. coli can be very problematic for people with underlying health conditions or people who are pregnant or have other health issues to worry about as they can exacerbate an existing illness. You don't want to get knocked about around by something like that if you already have enough other things going on in your life or are a vulnerable population. So that's why food safety is a particularly cautious and conservative industry. And so they rely on these labels. Now, the thing is, this assessment doesn't actually tell you if the food in particular is good or bad. It could be well within its label, it could be totally fine, valid date, but actually is contaminated. So that's where having some type of device, some smart device that could help understand if your food is spoiled or not, could help greatly reduce the amount of food waste in our planet. The more reduction of food waste we get, we have huge obvious savings for our planet in terms of not wasting food that could otherwise feed parts of our population. Good for the economy too, but also is good for the environment because the disposal of food waste is a huge environmental issue for landfill as well. So that's what researchers from MIT published in the journal Advanced Functional Materials. And lead authors on this paper are Yun Kim and Yuten Kao. And they're working with professors like Benedetto Marielli. And they've developed a new type of sensor It's a bit like Velcro that is actually made out of a whole bunch 
of microneedles that could be attached or pierced through plastic packaging to check for signs of spoilage or bacterial contamination on food. And the material that's used to make this Velcro-like microneedle food detection sensor actually is silk. Now, there's a good reason why you'd want to consider something like silk. Because silk is non-toxic, edible, and can be used as a food ingredient without breaking any sort of standards. It's also mechanically robust enough, which means that it could be attached to lots of different types of food, whether it be meat, peaches, lettuce, all kinds of different spectrums of tissue types. And that makes it pretty attractive as a base material to be used in a type of sensor. So the reason why they were trying to develop this type of sensor is develop basically a system that could be attached to food samples to actually check for the presence of bacteria to make sure that it's safe. So rather relying on dates that give you an indication or assessment of risk effectively of whether or not food is spoiled, you can make an actual informed decision. And these could be attached as part of packaging. Now, the idea behind it is to use this big array of silk microneedles and get them to puncture through from the outside of the packaging down into the food itself, through the skin of the food, and actually get a measurement from the food. Now, the reason why they use these silk microneedles is that it's actually able and designed to draw fluid down from the surface up through the silk needle all the way to the top of this sensor device where it comes into contact with some specially designed ink. They're referred to as bio inks, but they're a bit similar to like a, a pH type indicator that you might be familiar with from your chemistry lab days. Now, these bio inks change color when they come into contact with fluids in a certain pH range. That's one example of basically checking if food has spoiled through that mechanism. The other actually changes color, this bio ink, when it comes into contact with bacteria like E. coli. Now here you have two ways of assessing, basically for spoiled food by assessing the pH range, but also by checking for contamination, like by bacteria, like E. coli. And the result is displayed visually. No complicated sensor devices, no power required to do any of this. Just the needles drawing up the liquid through capillary motion, up through the needle itself, coming in contact with an ink which is embedded as part of the sensor. Now all of this makes for a device that is safe, and easy to use and is non-toxic and gives you a clear visual indication either one color or the other color if the food has gone bad that is a really interesting and straightforward way much more easy to decipher than well a assessment of risk using best before or use by dates now the researchers attached this sensor to a fillet of raw fish that they'd actually injected with e coli and after less than a day, they found that the E. coli had spread through the fish and that part of the sensor that was in contact changed from blue to red. That means the sensor picked up that there was E. coli present in the fish. They kept waiting a few more hours and the other color changed as well. The bio ink sensor for pH also picked up the fact that the fish had been sitting out for a while and had started to spoil. This kind of colometric sensor that can display the status of the food would enable basically a quick and simple way to give confidence to the end users of food that the food is actually safe to eat. Now, 
Professor Marielli is actually working in a lab that's developing silk from this basically big cocoon of silk to use in all kinds of new and interesting applications. And having a basically an industrial process to generate this silk for these types of sensors, they looking for ways so they could apply them. So, for example, Marielli had developed a basically a microneedle stamp, like a postage stamp, that could be used with these silk cocoon needles to actually deliver nutrients right to a targeted area of a plant. Now, that's great, but researchers like John Hart as well collaborated and they brought their idea of high resolution floxography technique, which is basically enabling you to print microscopic patterns that can make low cost printed electronics and sensors. You put these two things together and you actually end up with a silk based bio ink powered smart food label. And that's exactly what they were using getting a robust material, combining other research about printed sensors, low-cost sensors, and you can use them to actually really revolutionize the idea of food labeling. Now, to actually make the sensor, the process of extracting the silk involves taking a silk fibroin, a protein extracted from moth cocoons, and then pouring that solution into a basically a mold, a silicon microneedle mold. You let it dry, and you can peel away an, an array of hundreds of microneedles, each measuring about 1.6 millimeters long and 600 microns wide. Basically one third the diameter of a spaghetti strand. That's pretty small. When we talk about microneedles, that's pretty small. So taking this new needle device and pairing it with the bio ink was the other major step in this research. And that's what researchers like Du and Kin are so fascinated about by being able to pair the idea of this specially designed needle that Kim worked on and developed to the ability to develop bio inks that react in presence of pH or in E. coli. You could easily imagine how you could develop new bio inks to detect other things as well, maybe listeria or other bacterial antigens. So these are an example of developing a sensor that's incredibly useful for just the general populace. It makes purchasing and looking after food in our pantries and our freezers far easier and safer. Some great work from MIT, published in the journal Advanced Functional Materials with lead author Do Yoon Kim. gut microbiome as part of the overall microbiome that we're slowly starting to understand more and more. You are covered in all kinds of bacteria and microorganisms that do different things and are responsible for different parts of our lives and no more important than in our stomachs and our GI tract where they are involved in helping break down our food and helping us basically be able to survive. Now the problem is actually studying gut microbes is incredibly difficult and a bit messy and dirty. Really, the only way to get samples of these gut microbes inside the stomach is normally by collecting stool samples or using techniques like as colonoscopy or endoscopy. Those are incredibly invasive, messy, and dirty, the same collecting stool samples. But the problem is, as good as they are for telling us a little bit about the microbiomes that are inside your stomach or your GI tract, they can't actually get to certain places inside the body. They can't see the microbes that are, and microorganisms that are living, for example, in the upper GI tract. 
and they can't really separate out those microbes as well. So we don't know where those microbes came from, only that they're there. They might be localized into a particular spot, doing a particular function in that spot, but we really can't tell. The other thing is that these procedures are often really invasive too. So if you're having someone who's having issues and you're trying to investigate them, it's a pretty extreme reaction to try and do this. It could be quite invasive, which deters a lot of patients. That's what researchers like Saravesh Kumar Sridhar and researchers like Lu Chen and Lena Grunskite have recently published in the journal ACS Nano. A new way to try and capture these microbes from particular places like the upper GI tract and get them out safely. Be able to localize and capture different microorganisms from different parts of your body using specially designed pills that can be swallowed and then processed out and collected later. Now, what they developed was a self-polymerizing reaction system of polyethylene glycol diacetylate monomer, and then some iron chloride and ascorbic acid. They got all these different polymers and metals and acids and loaded them into tiny hollow cylinders. These cylindrical micro devices were then packaged inside miniature gelatin capsules. Now, the reason for doing all of this is loading in this polymer and, and the metal and acid into certain chambers, more or less, or micro cylinders, and then putting them inside a large capsule gives you something that could be swallowed. And by giving it the certain coating on that pill, it will stay protected and unreleased while you're in some parts of the digestive tract. And then when you get to the stomach's acidic environment, the layer gets worn out. And of course, these little devices micro devices, the hollow cylinders, released. Now, the purpose of these is to actually then capture microbes inside them. Now, as soon as basically the pill, more or less, gets into the stomach, the intestinal fluid causes the cylinder's chemical cargo to actually start to polymerize, forming basically a hydrogel. Now, why would you want to create a little bit of a gel inside your stomach? Well, that gel actually traps microbes and other protein biomarkers right exactly in that particular spot. It's like taking a snapshot or a picture or a sample of that exact location where the thing melted down and began to polymerize. Now, obviously these devices are all non-toxic and they don't cause inflammation. So they can be actually just then passed through the system. Now, of course, in the particular trial for this study to prove the concept, since they did this in a, in a rat model, they actually surgically took them out just to be safe and sure that it worked first. But they worked pretty much as intended. Basically, the capsules remained protected in the stomach, but disintegrated in the small intestine, which then released all those micro devices to capture and sample from the upper GI tract and the small intestine, places that otherwise are really difficult or impossible to actually see. Now, the thing is, because it, the pH trigger effectively is what's deciding when these micro sampling devices are released, you could tweak that and adjust the pH that breaks down these copolymer coating and releases these little sampling devices so that you could actually get it to release different sampling hydrogels at different points inside the digestive system, effectively enabling you to get snapshots at different points in time. That makes it Instead of being one sampling mechanism and one way of getting still non-invasive samples about your stomach, you could actually use it to sample all the way through the digestive system 
That is incredibly fascinating because now we could have huge insights that we just literally cannot get right now without cutting things open, which doesn't really work and also damages things in the process. So this is a great new study published in the journal ACS Nano, which shows the way that we can learn more about our microbiome throughout our intestine and digestive systems by using carefully designed pills that create hydrogels to take a snapshot of the microbes at different points throughout our digestive process. It's great work with lead authors, including Lu Chen and Lina Grushinskite, published in the journal ACS Nano. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. From silk-based smart sensors that help us detect if food is safe to eat, plus ways that we can study the insides of our stomachs using innovative new sensors. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.